jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey. A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Howard for the oh! Soaring through the air! High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration, step back, oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg, powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Monday edition of Orange Nation 315. 315- 437-7644 is the number. If you'd like to get involved, you can also text us on our text line at 315-288-0644. A lot to get to on today's show. We've got the Hall of Famer Floyd Little set to join us at 1 o'clock, as he does every Monday throughout the football season. Our Bills and Giants, Seth, both with season-saving wins, at least for, for this week. I don't expect the Bills are going to make the playoffs, but where in the world did that come from? Uh, we can certainly talk some NFL. I'm still waiting on the Vikings' run. I'm you were still, you were fully still, expecting even seventeen nothing. You was, thought the Vikings were going to come back. I thought they could rip off like five straight touchdowns and and still win by by the eighteen to make our picks look good. Yes, I did. Let's be honest. I I thought the same. Once they got to halftime, I started feeling like all right, the Bills are going to win this game. But right. but yeah, even after that, the way that they came out of the gate so strong and and blitzed the the Vikings the way they did, I, I thought Minnesota still had a chance when they got to halftime. And they were dominating. I felt like Buffalo was going to win. I, I don't know where that performance came from. I said this earlier. I said this before the show started. I, I don't expect the Bills to make the playoffs. That's not what this year is about. We have said from day one, this year is about figuring out the quarterback situation, figuring out if Josh Allen is the guy. If Josh Allen could do yesterday in the future, like if, if you can get that performance on a regular basis, once he figures things out and once the game kind of slows down for him, because he's going to be up and down this year, as all rookies will be, if, if the Bills can get that out of him on a regular basis, if the Jets can get Sam Darnold from the debut on a regular basis eventually, then it's this season is a win for both teams. You know, I go back and forth on this, on, on both of them, because I, I thought that Sam Darnold in his debut played well. I thought Josh Allen yesterday played very well. Um, and then you look at the numbers, and, and I know the numbers aren't everything, but but just looking at the numbers, they they aren't, in, like they aren't that impressive, right? He's uh, and and I say this for both Darnold and Rose and and Allen in, in their first, uh, you know, in, in Darnold's first start and what Allen did yesterday. They're completing a, a decent percentage of their passes, but they're throwing something like twenty five passes, and you know, and and they're completing less than uh, or they're going for less than two hundred yards. And again, not not a knock on either one of those two guys, but it's. It's just this weird place that we're in in the NFL right now because I, I think the same thing happens with Mitch Trubisky. The same thing happens, uh, you know, to to an extent with a lot of these young quarterbacks, where you look at their games and you're like, oh, that guy played really well, but you know, Sam Darnold in his in his debut went 16 of 21 for 198. Yesterday, Josh Allen goes 15 of 22 for 196. Like, yes, you you take the overall performance. He accounted for three touchdowns. Josh Allen was fantastic yesterday, but like at the same time. 
is like when you, when you compare that to the to the 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 higher level quarterbacks in the league, that's not going to get it done. Right? I, I mean that compare that to what Patrick Mahomes is doing. That's getting it done. Compare uh, that to Aaron Rodgers. That's getting it done. Your your response indicates to me you did not watch the Bills game yesterday because I saw parts of it. He he was fantastic. Yes, they he had, was really good. They had a short field a lot. Remember, they forced the two fumbles deep in, right. in Minnesota territory twice, so they didn't have far to go. Um, the Some of the plays he made escaping pressure and keeping the presence of mind to, instead of throwing it away, you know, dumping it off to the running back or, you know, motioning for where guy. He was in complete control of that offense yesterday. Yes. And you're right. They didn't ask him to throw the ball 40 times, but they didn't need to. The defense played great. They had great field position. They cashed in when they needed to. He was fantastic. And, and my point is, like, I don't care if he throws the ball 40 to 45 times. If he plays like he did yesterday on a regular basis, they're going to win a lot of games. He yes. was accurate. He didn't make mistakes. He wasn't flustered. He was sacked a couple of times, but by and large, he got out of the pressure quite a bit. I was, and I'm not a Josh Allen guy. You know that I'm right. not. I, he started to win me over with the way he played yesterday. I I'm was not, very impressed. See, that's that's the thing. I'm I'm not necessarily knocking the performance. I'm saying that I think it's a funny standard that we've got for for the young quarterbacks in general. That that Allen does the Allen and Darnold. Those two lines are are essentially the same, right? Like I think we can admit those two lines are essentially the same. Uh, Mitch Trubisky has been putting up that line for for every one of his career NFL starts, and we're like, oh, look at these guys. Right? Like we're like, look at how great these guys are playing, and it's like, are are they? You know, I, again, I thought Allen was really good yesterday. I thought Darnold was really good in that opener uh, against the Lions. I'm curious how that matches up though when you, when you look at the quarterback play that like in theory you need to to go win. It, you know, are are we grading on the curve? Where, where no. we're like, hey, that guy is just making his first career uh, road start, and so Josh Allen looked fantastic. I thought he looked really good yesterday. But like, are, I are think we grading gra- on some kind of a curve no. there? Like, I don't know what it is. I think we're grading on, does he have the skills necessary to turn into a really good NFL quarterback? And I was very skeptical when they drafted him. And the skills that we've seen, we know he has a strong arm. He showed that off yesterday. He's a lot more mobile than I thought he was. He's a lot more mobile, and I think his decision-making is better than we expected. And yesterday, his accuracy was better than it has been. And keep in mind, yes, I I think you do have to give him the benefit of the doubt, the fact this is only his second career NFL start. And the strides that he's taken in such a short period of time, when they drafted him, they made it clear, like, we don't expect him to play this year. Like, he's a project. We're going to give him this year to figure it out. And then A.J. McCarron got hurt. Nate Peterman won the job. We all know what happened from there. They had to throw him in there week two, and they said, all right, well, Peterman, this isn't working out. We're going to give you the start and see how you do. And for this to be his second career NFL start on the road in that environment against that, forget the fact that the Vikings are good. Their defense, we know their defense is good. And for them to do yesterday to the Vikings what he did, to me, shows that he has all the makings of a good quarterback. And I don't think I'm overreacting today. Like, you can't fake that. You can't fake what he did yesterday. That was not a fluke. He didn't, you know, accidentally play well on the road against the Vikings. The stuff that he showed... Again, I'm not a Josh Allen guy, but I'm coming around uh, on on what I saw. And and by mo- no means do I think they're going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to win like four games this year. But if he can do that a few more times and You're get really a little more comfortable, I am. I am. And you know, I think most fans would feel good 
about that kind of season, figuring out the quarterback position. You know, not necessarily feel good about the four wins, but but you're building to the future. That's what Sean McDermott is trying to do. And I think they took some great strides yesterday, and they did that without Lashawn McCoy. So right. I mean, that's that's a fantastic win on so many levels. The defense was great. I was very happy with the way Josh Allen played. Yeah, I thought Josh Allen played really well. I guess I'm. Uh, my my thing is balancing the numbers with like the the weird kind of eye test that we do and and watching him he looked good uh you know the the numbers are are weird and i i say that and maybe as a giants fan the team that didn't draft the quarterback that is playing the the 37 year old rookie i look at what eli manning did yesterday and at times in the game you're like oh okay he's he's doing well like maybe he's he's plodding along a little bit and then you look at the final numbers and you're like no he was really good right and so it's like this weird back and forth of like i don't know who's playing well and then like you you kind of like look at some stuff and you're like oh well, like, Eli Manning had a fantastic game yesterday. In the moment, I thought Josh Allen had a fantastic game yesterday. He did. Don't let the numbers right. fool you because this isn't about fantasy. Weird, right. This, and it's the world we live in. We look at it all is. games now from the numbers perspective, and I'm guilty of it as well. I'll, I'll say this. I think Josh Allen is going to be a good quarterback, actual quarterback in the NFL before he's a good fantasy quarterback. That That's just the, the nature of that offense. And I think any not any time with rookies, we've seen some rookies jump. I mean, Deshaun Watson was... Was fantastic. I think he's the exception to the rule. But a guy like Darnold, a guy like Josh Allen, maybe even a guy like Baker Mayfield, I think they're going to turn into a a good NFL quarterback before they turn into a good fantasy quarterback. So right. don't let the numbers fool you. Right. No, Josh it, Allen played great yesterday. Baker yes. Mayfield obviously he had the numbers. Yeah, he yeah. had the numbers and the good performance. But Baker Mayfield was great. You know, Darnold was fantastic in the opener. Hasn't been good you know since then. But that, that's what you're going to get with rookie quarterbacks. Absolutely. They're going to be up and down. Of course you are. You're going to get back and forth performances with all these guys. I didn't even expect that we were going to get into an NFL conversation to start with, but we can certainly get back to the NFL. Um, The story of the weekend, and we'll get back to this as well, the story of the weekend was Tiger Woods. I mean, SportsCenter last night is leading with with Tiger Woods over football. In order for anything to take the lead away from the NFL on a Sunday, it's got to be pretty darn special. And this weekend was pretty darn special. I was among the group that a year ago thought Tiger might never win again. And not only is he winning again, you know, he won last night, ended the drought, but going into next year, like you wonder, is he once again, um, he's certainly not going to be the Tiger of old, but can he contend at majors the way that, that he once did? Um, you know, he's he's the favorite right now, odds on favorite at the Masters. I, I never thought we would see this again. Never thought it would happen again. I mean, I guess a year or two years ago, I probably didn't. 14 months Certainly. ago, Tiger Woods said he wasn't sure right. if he was going to be if able to gonna, walk right, right the rest of his life. Exactly. And so he, you, he, he couldn't even swing a golf club 14 months ago. Right. So you couldn't have expected him to win. Not at all. I think that as we saw him play this year, it became clearer and clearer that it was going to happen. And I think that we've talked about that, when it, whether it was the Masters, whether it was the Open Championship, whether it was the PGA Championship just, a, what, a month ago? I think that it became clearer and clearer and more obvious that he was going to win again, and he was probably going to win another major again because he had gotten so close at a, lot of the, at a couple of these tournaments and had shown so much. The fact that it was this year, the fact that, and this is the part that I was amazed by, the fact that he had a chance to go win the FedEx Cup with, you know, if Justin Rose had missed one shot. Right. If Justin Rose had dropped a shot somewhere over the course of four days, 
He wins the FedEx Cup. How about this? If Justin Rose hits it into the bunker on 18, and I don't know how much you watch, but Justin yep. Rose needed a birdie on and it what is an up. easy par 5, and he goes for it in two, and the, his his approach shot, his second shot, hit the top of the bunker. And most 90% of the time, that ball bounces backwards. If that lands in the bunker, he's got to get up and down in order to win. It, it somehow kicks forward onto the green, and then he just had a two-putt. But if that ball lands in the bunker, Tiger Woods might be you know the, the FedEx right. champion, which... Again, is it's it's, it's bizarre crazy. to to think about that. Um, but he was he was right there. He was right there. And the fact that he not only did he win a tournament this year, and you're right, it was it was building toward this. We knew it was going to happen. But to win that tournament against that field, I mean, those That's are the best deal. players in the right. game. Yeah, I, I mean, he went out there and beat the best players, and now he's going to go to Paris and he's going to play in the Ryder Cup. And uh, you know, I'm sure he'll. Do something there that that we're all amazed by, and I know he doesn't play well in the Ryder Cup typically, right? He, he historically he isn't that generally. great yeah. in the Ryder Cup, but like given how this year is going, sure he'll go there and he'll play well. And then, oh by the way, the the next tournament that we're really going to pay attention to him playing in is going to be the Masters. And guess who the betting favorite is right yeah, now? For he's the, Masters? the odds-on he favorite. Is, he is the odds-on favorite. He will be the odds-on favorite that first weekend of September of of April because that's what happens. He's Tiger Woods. He captures this. This imagination, everybody wants to go back, and and this is not just a sports thing. Everybody wants to go back in time, right? Like, everybody wants to live in some other time. Nobody nobody wants to, like, live in the present. They remember something from previous years better. And so, whether that's wanting to bring back all these TV shows that ABC and CBS and NBC and Fox are bringing back from 20 years ago, or wanting Tiger Woods to be good again, like, people want something from their past. And when Tiger Woods is going to win again, and Tiger Woods is going to be good again... You get the crazy mobs at the end of a golf tournament. That was fun to watch. You get uh, two times the viewership of the PGA Championship last month than they got the previous year when Tiger played. You get the viewership bumps that you got this year on that tournament yesterday. Like everybody wants this, and and I don't know about you. If do you do you get the feeling that that people are crazier about this than they were five six years ago when he was winning? Like, like, do you get the feeling that this crazy want for him to win is, is higher than it was? Not necessarily. Um, I think it, it, it's it's different in that I think there were people that didn't like Tiger that maybe like him a little more now because he's human and everything that he went through. That sounds strange, but everything that he went through and the fact that he it hit rock he wasn't bottom. some machine, right? I mean, he was... He was 1199th in the world rankings at one point last year, and now he's 13th. And to hit rock bottom the way he did, and to come back the way he did, I think there are. He has some fans now that he didn't have five years ago, that he didn't have seven years ago. Um, but people were Tiger crazy, you know, 10, 15 years ago, the way when he would lap the field and dominate, and you know take a lead with him into the final round I mean he was he was automatic he was the best closer in the game um people I think wanted him to win I think he's he's got a different fan base now to some degree and I guess that's what I mean like it feels like he's one over he's like people the, he's one over people that he didn't have before and that might have made that fan base a little bit bigger let me see, say this um I think he's kind of, in a way, this sounds crazy, I think he's kind of like the people's champ now to some degree. Like, he's got a little bit of that Phil Mickelson fan base. It, right. And, and ten years ago, eight years ago, five years ago, you would have said, that's crazy. None of that. He's, you know, he has the fan that they love greatness, and he's the front runner, and everybody likes Tiger because he wins all the exactly. time. Exactly. And the people that cheer for him now, I think some of them resented him back then. And now everything he's been through, it's almost like, you know, he's a softer Tiger. He's not... You know, rude to the media anymore. He's not rude to the fans. He's 
you know, his caddy isn't ripping cameras out. It, like, he has changed, and I think to some degree the person rooting for him has changed. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. Of course it does. And and he's won over, like, I, I, I think he, he's just won over people. And, and I mentioned the nostalgia factor, but people also like a good comeback story. Yeah. Um, and this is... You know the circumstances around it are probably different than you would like the normal, the typical comeback story to be. But this is one of the ultimate ones, right? You mentioned he was what twelve hundredth in the world, essentially. Yeah, and he's coming back and winning. Uh, that's incredible. I was talking with my uh, my uncle on the phone last night, who lives in Buffalo. We were chatting about the Bills game, and then we got on the subject of Tiger, and he said, "I want to be the one who writes that movie." Like, I mean, this movie is going to have everything. Whenever the Tiger Woods story comes out in theaters, like this movie has sex, everything. drugs, and great sports. It's got great everything. Athletics. Yeah, I mean, it's, he was <laughs> dominant, then he went through everything he went through, and now he's. I mean, it's it is one of the best. Whether you like him or don't like him or whatever you think of him personally, that that's not what this is about. I mean. It is one of the greatest comeback stories in sports. It really is. I mean, it's it's got a little bit of everything. So it does. I, that was a whole lot of fun to watch. Um, we made it through almost 20 minutes of the show. We haven't talked SU football yet. We're going to change that after our first time out. 315-437-7644. What were your takeaways from the Syracuse-UConn game? And should Syracuse be in the top 25? We'll discuss next. Keep it here. Orange Nation just getting started on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. 315-437-7644. Phone lines open the rest of our number one. We'll hear from the Hall of Famer Floyd Little coming up to kick off our number two. As we talk some SU football, the Orange with a 51-21 victory at home over the UConn Huskies. Uh, did about what we expected them to do. Uh, what, what else do you take away from, from that game on Saturday, Seth? I think the team that played in the first quarter is going to win a whole lot of games this year. And the team that played after that, I'm not so sure. I thought that they were. I thought that they were great coming out of the gates. I thought that they were moving at a speed that we have not seen this offense move in the two plus years under Dino Babers. They were running. They, they were just flying up and down the field. The defense looked really good. And then I think after about like three or four drives, they were like, "Yeah, hey, we're good, right? Like we're we're good here. Job done. Mission accomplished." And they kind of took their pet their their foot off the gas a little bit. And it, it looked like they had slowed down offensively. UConn was able to make a couple more plays off and on their offensive end. And, you know, they they allowed a couple points. They they still won by 30. Like, it's still a great afternoon. They still did exactly what you want them to do. They got off to an incredibly fast start. And I thought they looked great in that first quarter. And then they just looked good after that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that sounds an awful like the prediction that I made last week. I said they're going to come out. They're going to get off they, to a big they lead. They took their they're foot off take the gas foot faster off, than I thought they would. They're going to take their foot off the gas pedal. And we gave our predictions on the pregame show. I said 48-17. It was 51-21. I was, I was right there. You were close. I was right there. You look at their season averages. So through four games... And I realize, you know, some of the competition's been lacking with, you know, Wagner and UConn. Syracuse is averaging 49.5 points per game and giving up 20. So, essentially, the score on Saturday against UConn, that is their average score this year. It's essentially 50-20. Right. to 20. They won 51-21. to 21. And you said, you know, that team that, that started the game is going to win a whole lot of games. I think that's... that's more indicative of the team that this that this year's squad is. I think they, when they want to do that, I feel like they can offensively. And to me, so much of it comes down to defensively, can they get enough stops? And and so far, 
they've shown that they can. They did it against Florida State, who's struggling right now. UConn and Wagner, you know, don't really count. We said UConn had a more experienced offense than Florida State did. I mean, they the senior quarterback, and they, you know, they, they had a veteran group on that side of the ball. The defense is extremely young, but we thought they might score some play, score on some plays um, on Saturday, and they did. You know, David Pindell had that. 75 yard run that you know Eric Coley just he slipped and Pindell made a move and and he was gone and that's going to happen against this defense from time to time if you can limit those plays though you have a chance to win a lot of football games and and we've seen them so far other than that third quarter against Western Michigan so they've played what 16 quarters of football I'd say the defense has been good for 15 quarters and I and I don't know as if I would have predicted that going into the season I'd agree absolutely with that statement. Uh, I think the defense has been good for 15 of the 16 quarters. They and let up. They let up in the third quarter of the uh, of, Western, of Michigan. Western Michigan game, and that, that's about it. And so, I guess the the point with bringing that up is that I think we're, we're starting to get a large enough sample size. Now, the Clemson game is going to tell us a lot, but it's not going to tell us everything because if they lose this game and lose it. You know, in a in a lopsided manner. I don't know as if I'm going to. I'm yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to feel any differently about this year's team. Um, Sixteen quarters of football, fifteen of them, the defense is, has played well. I think that's a large enough sample size. Even though Wagner and UConn sprinkle in there, I think it's a large enough sample size to say, you know what, the defense is better. Like the defense flat out is better than it has been the last two years. And to me, that's a very encouraging sign. I think that the defense is better. I agree with that. I think the defense is better. I think the offense is better. I think this is a better team than they've had over the last two seasons. I will remain cautiously optimistic. And and I've already said that I think that now, you know, instead of only winning five games, they'll probably get to six. They'll probably get to seven. Like, I'm, I'm willing to bump my prediction up. I know we, we went back and forth over the, would you sign up for seven right now? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay cautiously optimistic here because of who they've played. And it's not like they've played anybody Good, right? I mean, they play Florida State. They're a train wreck. UConn's going to win, what, maybe a game? Maybe one more game this year? Uh, you know, what, Wagner's an FCS school, and Western Michigan's probably a 5-7, and 6-6 seven, six and six team at best. So I, I, I will remain cautiously optimistic as far as what they can go do. Now, that doesn't mean I don't think they can go beat Pittsburgh in two weeks. That doesn't mean I don't think that they could beat... Uh, uh, UNC in a month and, and NC State after that when they come to the Dome. But I'm I'm going to remain cautiously optimistic here and say I think they are better. They look better on both sides, of um, all three sides of the ball than they have the past two years. But they also have played nobody. They've taken care of business. They've won these games big. They've also played nobody. Is Middle Tennessee State good? Better than Western Michigan is this year, right? Middle Tennessee State last year is a better team than Western Michigan was this year. Aren't they? I Not mean, significantly it, better, no, but they're better. I'd say they're uh, they're about the same. I was I was comparing it to like a Florida State, right? So Syracuse gave up 7 to Florida State in the Dome. Syracuse gave up 30 last year to Middle Tennessee State. They gave up 64 to Wake Forest. No, I th- they gave up 42 I to Boston t- College. I'm saying I I fully expect I I fully expect that when those games roll around they will perfor- they will perform better. Like this defense looks significantly better. The offense looks better, significantly better than what we've seen over the last 2 years. 
My point, I, is, my point just, is this. I'm my just point say is, I'm, I'm going to hold off on on saying, oh, they're going to go win eight or nine I, or whatever I didn't say it that. is. I just said I the know. defense is better. They and, look better. And we've seen them play mediocre competition in the past. Because you said, well, you know, look at who they've played. Yeah, but we thought Western Michigan was going to be able to – I mean, they're going to score a lot of points this year. They are. Western sure. is going to score a lot of points. And Syracuse was able to win that game and win it comfortably. They let their foot off the gas pedal in the third quarter. That quarter did not go well. But other than that, the defense played well. Florida State is going to score more than seven points against most teams. Um, and I just remind you that you know Syracuse gave up 64 against Wake Forest, 42 against Boston College, 56 against Louisville, 30 against Middle Tennessee State. They gave up a lot of points against you know mediocre teams in the past. I think this defense is better. Um, and again, that's not to say that they're going to hold Clemson to 24 points because Clemson is the number three ranked team in the country. Um, they may lose this game and, and lose it big, but I, I don't know as if it's going to change my expectation at this point. No, and and I think that's kind of what I was what I was getting at is that I don't know that I've changed my expectations too much based on the first four games. I've definitely I'm I'm definitely moving forward, and I and I think that they will they they'll win more than I thought at the beginning of the year. This weekend's not going to change my expectations. Barring them, barring them going down and pulling off an upset again, this this weekend's not going to change my expectations of of what I think of this team going in. Because I think Clemson's that good. I think they're again a national championship contender. They make the change at quarterback, which I think will make this team better and more dangerous. And if they go down there and lose by four touchdowns or five touchdowns, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here next Monday and be like, "Oh, well, that's it. They, they, Syracuse isn't going to win another game. Here we go again." And I, you, I don't think that's the case. You know that my expectations have changed to some degree, and I, and for me, it's not who they've played. For me, it's they're better. Like they are. Like what we see. We we watch every second of every game, and we did last year and the year before, and and so on and so forth. Through four games, regardless of who they're playing, I could I could tell they're better. Their defense is better. You're right. Their offense is 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 better. It's it's more efficient and effective. And special teams is better. They're better in all three phases. And you look at who they play, and that's partly why I've changed my expectations as well. Louisville got blown out by Virginia, North Carolina, and it, you know beat Pittsburgh. Like, we thought North Carolina was bad, and I still think that they're bad. Pittsburgh lost to North Carolina. They did. So you're talking about Pitt, and they blew a ten North point Carolina. lead against North Carolina. Yeah, I just I think the schedule is softer than we thought. Not it's not soft. I mean, I don't want to use it that is, adjective. No, 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 no. But it's, it is. It's it is. easier than we. Th- it's less difficult. Is that? Can I say that? Yes. It's less difficult than we thought. It is softer than we thought it was. It, it absolutely is. It is softer than we thought it was. It, it's. It's an easier schedule now that we've seen these teams play. Florida State was significantly worse than I think even people expected them to be. Um, and and I I I will I, I we get a lot of things wrong on the show, so I will gladly point out that I I thought they were a legacy pick in the top twenty five at the beginning of the year. Um, like, but people thought they were going to be good, right? People thought they were going to bounce back and they were going to be all right under Willie Taggart. Well, Clearly instead of being not. in the top ten, they were picked like seventeenth, right. right? It's like, well, they'll take a little bit right. of a step back. They are significant. They've significantly taken a significant worse. step back. I think Louisville has taken a significant significant step back. step back. Like people thought Louisville would be all right without Lamar Jackson, they've taken a significant step back. Um, I, I think I think Wake Forest is worse than p- people probably expected them to be this season. So yeah, I, I think that teams have taken bigger steps back, and maybe with the step forward that Syracuse has taken, they're able to win some more of those games. And I think that's what you're you're looking for. This is kind of a a softer year in the ACC, and and after Clemson, it's a whole a whole mess, right? It, it's a mess 
after Clemson if you're trying to do power rankings of this league. Syracuse has an opportunity to go take take advantage of that and win some games that maybe in other years they're not winning. Could Syracuse be the second best team in the Atlantic Division this year when all said and done? It is possible. It is possible. I, I still think NC State is ahead of them right now. Uh, like if I was going to, you know, do my power rankings and my pecking order in the Atlantic Division, I think NC State's ahead of Syracuse until I see it. But we will get to see it. We'll get to see that matchup. It is. It is on the table. I think BC is is maybe a, a touch better than we thought, and AJ Dillon is fantastic. So they're going to have to stop the run in that game. But is it possible? Like, it's within the realm of possibility that Syracuse ends up being the second-best team in the Atlantic Division this year. Yeah, sure. It's it's in the realm of possibility. It is, it is something that is on the table. All right, let's get a quick phone call in before we take our next time out. Mike and Cicero is kicking us off today on Orange Nation. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I just had a question for you, and maybe it's just maybe I'm seeing things differently, you know, because I was at the game Saturday, and... I know we put up, you know, 51 points. We should have put up more. But did you guys feel watching it that probably I'd say from middle of the second quarter on, I didn't think the offense was playing that great. I I didn't think the play calling was the best. And then it seemed like there were a lot of penalties as well um, from either false starts or um, little penalties, like little mistakes like that. And I'm not saying we're going to be Clemson this week, but if you're going to do that, there were a lot of things that had to be cleaned up, at least from that aspect. Um, and again, don't get me wrong, we put up almost 700 yards of offense, so I'm happy about that. But I thought, especially from the middle of the second quarter on, at least until close to the end of the third quarter, the offense really didn't do what I was hoping it would do. Yeah, and I'll say this, and that's a, that's a good call, Mike. This is what I would say. You're right, the penalties were a little bit of a concern. There's 11 penalties for 100 yards. In terms of the offense slowing down, they were up 31-14, and I think that part of the goal in this game was similar to what the goal was against Wagner. It was do your thing, get your lead, get the younger guys in there, get out healthy and ready for your next opponent, which against Wagner was Florida State. In this case, it was Clemson. And you don't want to show the opponent all that much. How many bubble screens and jet sweeps did we see? They, I think they kept it rather vanilla on purpose. Now, the one wide receiver pass was, uh, you know, maybe they're trying something out. I mean, he, he sprinkled that in, but... I think by and large, it was just, we're better than you. You know how Julian talks about the we're better than you defense? Right. I think we saw the we are better than you offense. And it was, we're going to bubble screen you to death, and we're going to do jet sweeps, and we're going to run the ball, and we're just going to get out of here, get our win, our 30-point win, and move on to the next game. That was exactly my thoughts. I, I thought that they came out, and I, I said this before, they came out of just a rocket. I mean, they, they were flying up and down the field. The at the end of the first quarter, the longest drive, the longest drive in the game was two minutes and 54 seconds, and it was UConn's opening drive when they fumbled, right? So it, it goes to show how fast those three touchdown drives were for Syracuse, that they just flew down the field, and they were doing it all on draw plays and bubble screens, right? Like, they, they went down the field in two minutes and 45 seconds, they went 70 yards, and they did it with nothing but draws up the middle and bubble screens to the outside. Like, it... They did exactly what they wanted to, and then by the middle of the second quarter, to Mike's point, they were like, "All right, we're we're good here. Like we're up seventeen points. Awesome. Like let's let's we got we got our work in. Let's move on. Let's let's make sure we're all healthy. And and if there's anything else we want to work on, it, if we want to work on that weird formation where Chris Elmore is lining up closer to the line than Eric Dungy, let's do that. Right. And that's what they did. And you know, 
it doesn't excuse the penalty. So, I mean, you know, I'm glad Mike brought that up because it wasn't all perfect on Saturday by any means. They did have 11 penalties. They did leave some points on the table. But from an offensive perspective, and I know he wasn't saying that he's concerned about the offense. I mean, they, they scored 51 points. I mean, they did what they should have done to that defense. And they got their win, and they moved on. And now you go into Clemson. And again, you're by all accounts, you're relatively healthy. We don't know if Ravion Pierce will be back. Um, but you're you're relatively healthy. And I think that that's, that's what you wanted to get in part out of that game. Yeah, um, the the flag stuff. I I don't really know what was going on with the officials, so I'll leave it there. I'm I'm not somebody to complain about refs at all. I have no idea what they, what they were doing in that game on Saturday. Just everything Seems about like a it. problem across the board. It's it not just incredible. the Syracuse game. I mean, there's, I, had, I had no idea what was going. There are on. some head scratching things with officiating both in college uh, and in the NFL right now. Let's get one more phone call in this segment. Uh, Dom and Syracuse up next on the show. Hey, Dom. Hey, guys, have to agree with the last caller. The team, I mean, maybe it was the case of them just doing what they needed to do and moving on uh, to Clemson. Maybe they just didn't take Connecticut seriously. Maybe it's a matter of them just reading the press clipping. But aside from that first drive, I mean, they it, it seemed a little flat. The execution, you know, wasn't there. Saw some more drop passes that we shouldn't see. Um, but then again, maybe it is, to your point, a case of them just, you know, doing what they had to do, getting the win, and moving on. Um, So I'll follow up on a question that I posed earlier uh, a few weeks ago, and I had a little conversation. You guys had some conversation with Matt Park on it. Seeing how, you know, Vegas is allowed to adjust their lines and winning the games that you're supposed to win in that conversation that we had, what's the new line for you fellas? I mean, is, is, is it? I mean, it was six wins to start. Now here we are at four. Um, six win teams underachieving. Is it eight? Dare we, dare we dream nine and ten? I think, yeah, and it's a good call, Dom. Um, I I will say this, just in regards to your first comment about aside from the the first drive, things sparked. I mean, they scored on their first five possessions. They they had four touchdowns and a field goal. I thought they had five really, really good possessions. And then then they slowed down. And I, I truly believe it was just a case of them, all right, you know, we got this cushion, and then, yeah, I think maybe they backed off the gas pedal to some degree. In terms of the new line, yes, I said they're gonna they're gonna win six games and go to a bowl game at the beginning. I think it's more I think seven to me is more like the basement. That's why I wouldn't sign up for, you know, if you could take seven wins and auto play the rest of the season, would you sign up for it? I say no because I think you've got seven wins on the schedule right now. And sure, you can dare to dream eight or nine or, or whatever. Um, I think outside of Clemson and Notre Dame, you are as good as the teams you're playing the rest of the way. And I think you're probably, frankly, I think you're better than Pitt, North Carolina, and Louisville right now. I think and you're that's, better. That's three more. I think you're better than Pitt, North Carolina, Louisville, without question. And right Wake now. is a toss-up. BC is a toss-up. Right. I'm not sure about NC I State. I think NC State might be a little better than Wake, Syracuse. Wake more so than BC. I don't know. I'll, I'll still you throw think BC. is a toss-up? I, I, they just got smoked by I Purdue. I know. So, I, but outside and outside of the Purdue game, they've looked really good. Okay, I mean, like I know, I know that we're gonna laugh, like, but I mean, they were they were in the top twenty five. They like, got they, smoked, and and AJ Dillon had his one clunker of a game this season. Right, and that's what concerns me about BC. If you find a way to slow him down, is that what BC is? Are they yes, going to lose? That is exactly. Are what they going to lose is. by three touchdowns to a team like Purdue? That's exactly what BC then is. Yes, you can't say that that's not a toss up game. Do you, you have confidence right now that they're not that they're holding AJ Dillon to forty five yards? 
I didn't say that. I'm, I'm saying it's a toss-up game. If you, okay. I mean, if if he ran for 100 yards against Purdue, are they winning that game? They needed him to go for like 200 to beat Purdue. So, uh, to me, that's a toss-up game. We do desperately need to take a time. I'll be back after this on ESPN Radio.